Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Very Stable Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at NiceReadSteve. That's Reed, R-E-E-D. You could follow the podcast at A Very Stable Pod. You could also catch our work over on StampedeBlue.com. And remember to rate and review us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts. So today's episode, we're going to talk about the return of Carson Wentz to Colts practice. We're going to talk about the Colts status for their starters coming up against the Lions. And then, fortunately, we're going to have to talk again about COVID-19 as it seems like there's going to be some issues going into this season with COVID-19 and, and all of that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So to start things off, we want to talk about Carson Wentz. And good golly almighty, he has looked great so far in camp in the first two days before he got that injury. Then after having surgery, he came back. He's now come back and had three straight days of practice, and he's had no restrictions. Frank Reich seems to be very optimistic, so are the Colts, that Carson Wentz is going to be able to come back, and he's going to be available for the team going forward, that he's going to be able to hop right in and start week one. It it just seems like this is coming out to be a really positive situation for the Colts. And what is really telling with Carson Wentz is, just how much more confident it seems like his teammates are in him. So I'm sure they had some confidence in Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger, but the presence that Wentz brings to the team is just very different. And it seems like it's being able to matriculate through the entire roster. So you're seeing guys like, you know, Zach Pascal, T.Y. Hilton, just talk about how much different it is with Carson Wentz back there. And you see it in all the video clips at the anticipation is there from Wentz. The velocity is there from Wentz. You're seeing him be able to get around and get to practice, and he's not having any issues whatsoever in terms of throwing the ball, in terms of his movement. And he's now done, I believe, like three days of of seven-on-seven periods. And on Wednesday, he completed 23 of 30 passes and threw a couple, couple interceptions, though. But realistically, you know, he's thrown like 90 passes over the course of the past three days. And it seems like the Colts are really happy with where he's at. And so it sounds like they are, they're ramping him up their next process. The next step in the process is him going into 11 on 11 drills. And the good thing with Carson Wentz is that he brings a different perspective, a different level to the game for the Colts. And he, he gives them more options on offense. Because he's not limited. 
He has that feel for the pocket. There's a reason that he was the number two overall pick in his draft. There's a reason that in 2017, 2018, 2019, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. And with the Colts expecting to get Quentin Nelson back, with Eric Fisher coming back, it seems like the Colts are really going to be in a great spot to give Carson Wentz everything he needs to succeed. And you're looking at the rapport that Carson Wentz has with the different receivers. So on Wednesday, he completed uh, four four passes to Michael Pittman Jr., three passes to Desmond Patman, Kylan Granson, Naeem Hines, and Jack Doyle each, and then a couple passes to other guys sprinkled in there. So he's spreading the ball around, and he looks like he's got a lot of rapport with a lot of different players. And so for Carson Wentz to come in and be able to just go straight at it, I think that that's looking really positive for him, at least playing week one, because that's going to be the big thing for the Colts. And quite honestly, if Carson Wentz can continue this and look as good as he has in training camp and continue this into the regular season, no matter what happens with the draft pick compensation that the Colts have to give up, if he can continue at this progress, even if the Colts have to give up that first round pick, which they hope they probably do, because that means Carson Wentz played really, really well, then Chris Ballard's going to have another steal. It's really that simple. He's going to absolutely have fleeced Howie Roseman. I, I don't know if anybody else saw this, but The Athletic did a survey of NFL agents, of 33 NFL agents, and Chris Ballard was voted as the best overall talent evaluator, the best overall general manager, and I think second in terms of most trustworthy. And Howie Roseman of the Philadelphia Eagles was voted the least trustworthy, the least trustworthy general manager in the NFL, which isn't super surprising because it seems like he's just kind of, he's always got an agenda versus Chris Ballard is just a straight shooter. And so you you know what you're going to get with Chris Ballard. So with the Colts in this trade, it seems like the Colts, no matter what happens with Carson Wentz, if he's able to continue this, or it seems like if he's able to continue this, the Colts are going to be more than happy to give up that first round pick next year in the draft because Carson Wentz, if he plays at this level, it would have been worth two or three first round picks. The fact that Chris Ballard would have gotten him, gotten him for a third round pick and a, and a first, future first round pick is just absolutely mind-boggling because there's no reason that Howie Roseman should have given up that little for a guy with that is that talented. So looking at coming up into the status for the Lions, the Colts are going to be sitting their starters. Apparently, uh, Frank Reich and Dan Campbell spoke, and Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, decided that he wasn't going to play his starters. For, so Frank Reich went ahead and said, all right, well, I'm not going to play mine either. In that same Brett, Frank Reich also confirmed that Jacob Eason is going to get the start against the Lions. That's something that we kind of all expected. Frank Reich said that don't look too deep into that. And quite honestly, we probably shouldn't because with Carson Wentz progressing as he is, the likelihood of either having to have Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger as a starting quarterback in week one is dropping precipitously. Uh, so it's dropping a lot. There's not a, there's not a, big way that I see that Carson Wentz there's not a way that I really see Carson Wentz not being the starter week one against Seattle and if that's the case if Carson Wentz is the starter against Seattle then Seattle is going to be in for a much more difficult game than what they were going to get if Jacob Beeson or Sam Ellinger was the starter 
So yeah, the Colts are going to be sitting a lot of their starters against the Lions. It's going to be a great opportunity for depth guys to really try to make the roster. So you're going to see probably guys like Desmond Patman, Michael Straw, and Ashton Doolin really fighting it out. You're going to see guys in that fifth, sixth linebacker spot try to fight it out. You're going to see guys in the, the defensive secondary try to make this roster. And one thing that you should also look at is guys that play quite a bit and that do very well. Those guys might be options for Chris Ballard to trade when the, the next round of cuts. Because remember, on August 31st, I believe, uh, next Tuesday, the Colts have to be down to 53-man, to be down to the 53-man roster. And so they're going to have to make about 27 cuts because I believe they're down to 80 right now. So they're going to have to make 27 cuts to get down. And quite honestly, the depth on this roster is pretty good. And so the likelihood of them having an easy time cutting all those guys is going to be pretty slim. Uh, the most likely scenario is something that's happened in the past is Chris Ballard will probably end up trading some of those fringe roster guys to other teams for late round draft picks. It's something that he's done quite often in the past. It, you know, flip guys that were probably going to get cut and then go ahead and make sure that they can catch on somewhere else. And if they are, then you get your your sixth round pick, your seventh round pick from some other team for those guys that weren't going to end up making your roster, which is always a great idea. It gives you an opportunity to draft guys, for example, like Sam Ellinger, like uh, you know Danny Pinter, like the Michael Strawn, Will Fries, everybody like that. So you get a chance to to get some of those guys um, and recoup some of those draft picks. So that's that's always a good good thing I, in terms of draft capital. So the last thing that I really want to talk about this, this episode, and it's not something that I really want to talk about, but it's something that we're kind of forced to talk about, is the COVID-19 and vaccination status. I'm literally rubbing my temples right now because I don't want to talk about this stuff if I don't have to, but it, of course it, it comes into play. Today, the Colts placed Eric Fisher on the reserve COVID-19 list. Um, this comes after the Food and Drug Administration for the United States, the United States government went ahead and on Monday gave full FDA approval to the Pfizer vaccine. And so the likelihood of NFL teams or the NFL mandating a vaccination has gone up significantly with the full FDA approval. And so I would expect to see something like that come down here relatively soon uh, from the NFL because you're going to see situations like right now what we have in Tennessee where Mike Rabel is out because of COVID. Ryan Tannehill is out because because of COVID. You're going to see teams and specifically owners not want to risk their investment because these guys don't want to get vaccinated. Cole Beasley has been wildly outspoken about all this. And if you follow him on Twitter, it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. And another... I, Isaiah McKenzie, I believe the corner from the Buffalo Bills also received a letter and was fined for not wearing a mask immediately following a meeting with the NFL and NFL personnel about COVID protocols. So it begs the question, you know, what's the next step going forward? For me, I think that the NFL is going to start requiring this because the NFL owners aren't going to want to risk their investment and want to risk losing a game because of it. Because, for example, Matt Eberflus of the Colts 
the defensive coordinator, just came back from missing 10 games because of a, a COVID issue. Or not 10 games, but 10 days of practice for a COVID issue. And if players are unvaccinated and are they test positive for COVID, and they're going to have to miss more time. And owners aren't going to want to deal with that throughout the regular season because there's a lot of uncertainty with that. And owners like certainty as much as possible, even though that the NFL is full of uncertain situations of a lot of variables that you can't predict. There is one way that you can mitigate the spread of COVID and that's your vaccination. And NFL owners, I think, are probably going to be mandating that for all of their teams coming up here very soon. So, yeah, uh, again, you've got with the Colts, Matty Refluse coming back. You've got Eric Fisher uh, now got placed on the reserve COVID-19 list because of that, either a positive test or a close contact. And so the Colts are going to probably be looking at this. And it's going to be interesting because it's pretty widely known there's a lot of high-profile players on the Colts that are not not comfortable with the vaccines. And so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out because the NFLPA and the NFL, they can mandate this. And if the players don't want to get it, that's fine. They'll continue to be fined. Uh, they'll continue to be fined um, parts of their salary or they might get the option of simply retiring. And I don't know how many players are going to want to do that. So I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. I wish we weren't talking about this. I wish we could just simply talk about football. Uh, the good thing for the Colts is it's they've got a lot of depth on this roster. And my hope is that the FDA giving full approval to the Pfizer vaccine is going to do going to change some of their minds in terms of their original skepticism and hesitancy towards vaccination. Uh, but if it doesn't, the this will ultimately fall on Chris Ballard and how he built this roster and the depth that he was able to put in place. Because inevitably, there is going to be some time during the season where the Colts are going to have an outbreak. It's they it happened last year at probably the most inopportune time of the season going into the Tennessee game, which ultimately realistically likely cost them the division and cost uh, Jim Ursay and the Colts a home game in the playoffs. So I don't think NFL owners are going to want to risk that. I think that they're probably going to look to more so require vaccinations. And now that there is a fully FDA approved vaccine available I think that it's going to be a little bit easier for them to mandate that. Now, whether the players go along with it, that is a huge question mark. Um, but again, we will we will see how that goes. So, yeah, for today's episode, again, it was pretty short today. Uh, not, not quite as long as the normal 20 minutes that we go. But we talk about Carson Wentz returning and how just incredibly excited I am about this for a number of reasons, not just. Carson Wentz getting on the field or not just keeping Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger off the field. I, I think that the Colts are just a much more dynamic offense. And it was clear based on what you saw, just how comfortable Carson Wentz still was with this offense. And I think that that's huge. And you saw some of the highlights that they showed with his anticipation and being able to throw to where a receiver is going to be was huge. That, the, one of the my favorite little clips that they showed was the Carson Wentz rolling out and then they popped it in slow motion, which of course 
Eagles fans like to jump on on the Twitter and say, oh, yeah, he's got a throwing motion as slow as a grandpa. And I go, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it might not be that fast, but do take into account that they went ahead and deliberately slowed down the video so you could see it in slow motion. So I don't know if you're really looking at the same video as I am in this, but he threw a pass that was right over, I believe it was over to DeMichael Harris that was coming across the field and you didn't see him in the, in the picture at all. And Wentz just threw a perfect ball, perfect placement. They were, you know, uh, Harris was the only guy that could reach up and get it. And so I was really excited to see that. And you saw the bomb to T.Y. I think it was a 65-yard touchdown to T.Y. Hilton. Carson Wentz just gives the Colts so many more options, makes this offense more variable, gives them a lot of versatility in what they can do on offense. And I think that that's huge for the Colts moving forward, especially early on in the season when it's going to be tough, uh, admittedly. It's it's something that we've talked about since the schedule came out is Seattle having the Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, all there right up front. And then the Dolphins and the Ravens, it's, it's all going to be really hard to jump off the jump for the Colts. And if Carson Wentz can come back and yeah, I feel really confident that if Carson Wentz is up to speed, which from everything we're seeing, he has been, they've, they've reported no ill effects of his practicing They've reported that he feels really confident in it. There's no side effects right now uh, from everything that's going on. If he's able to come in, I feel very confident of the Colts having a winning record going out of the five games, those first five games. And if they can do that and they can have that winning record, and specifically if they can beat Tennessee in week three, that gives the Colts a huge leg up to win the AFC South and puts them in a great position going forward throughout the season. So in the case that there is some kind of potential COVID outbreak where they, they have to miss some players, they at least might be able to give themselves a little bit of cushion. So, yeah, we talked about Carson Wentz. Again, really, really excited for what he brings to the offense going forward. We talked about the Detroit Lions preseason game where you're going to see a lot of guys fighting to make the roster, but it should be fun nonetheless just to, to see those guys out there. I'll be interested to see how Jacob Eason does uh, versus Sam Ellinger again. Hopefully it won't matter. And what they're really just vying for is the backup quarterback position, which I think would make more sense to go to Jacob Eason at this point. Uh, and then we talked about, oh, we talked a little bit about COVID-19 and how it might affect the Colts, or how it might affect the Colts going into this season and with Eric Fisher specifically being on the list and talked about the Tennessee Titans in their um, annual outbreak of COVID-19 because they seem to do this every year. So, or at least the past two years, so not not every year, but the past two years where we've been dealing with, with COVID-19. So yeah, thanks again for everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. Again, this is a very stable podcast. My name is Stephen Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at NiceReadSteve. You can follow the podcast at a very stable pod. Read our work over at stampedeblue.com and remember to rate and review us five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again for listening and thanks for making me a part of your day. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.